This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Brownstone Breakdown, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, coming to you guys live here on Sunday night. Uh, big show in front of us here, guys. A lot to talk about. A great guest for you. Before we get into that, I do want to talk to you guys about another Cleveland Browns Blue Wire podcast. My man Jordan Zerm works on the Rebuild podcast. Has been nothing but spectacular since his first episode. I really encourage you, if you're not already doing so, go listen to Jordan's podcast he just had on ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky. I think you guys can learn a lot from Dan. Dan had some really good insights on the Browns current structure the Browns plans this offseason as that is really what we all want to know about is what the heck are the Browns going to do with all of this offseason capital whether it be free agency dollars whether it be the draft picks what are they going to do for a team that is on the cusp of competing in the AFC North for a championship give Jordan's podcast again called the rebuild a listen love Jordan's work I think you guys will enjoy it too so as we're talking about the point of free agency in the draft, this is the downtime, one of the worst times in the offseason, the gap between the Senior Bowl into the Combine, which is coming up next week. It is a time for conjecture. It is a time for Twitter arguments. I don't know. You guys can find those arguments. I'm going to try to avoid them this year. We don't know enough about the prospects still. We don't know enough about what the Browns are specifically looking for. I am trying to lay out the options. I wrote about this on Cleveland.com. If you guys had a chance, wrote about the potential defensive end options that are out there for the Browns. Now, this is obviously pre-tags, any of that stuff that could happen to keep a player on a team. But the names are big. The Demarcus Lawrences of the world, Jadeveon Clowney, Brandon Graham, D. Ford, uh, all the way down to Frank Clark and Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. There are an uh, abundance of names for the Browns to be interested in. If you are interested in what those names are, what the stats look like, what they might look like going into next year if the Browns are interested, wrote about those guys over at cleveland.com. You can find that on my Twitter page. Uh, I also wrote over at the OBR about the Browns' performance from the tight end position, made a little cut-up video of David Njoku's best work from this year, also wrote a upcoming preview of what 2019 might look like. Me personally, I think the Browns will probably move on from Darren Fells. They have a nice little out in his contract. Uh, I think that they will try to improve the pass-catching ability of their number two tight end. Darren Fells, great veteran. I think he did a nice job this year, overachieved in the passing game. Not as great a blocker as you would like to be able to justify keeping him on at his current contract level moving forward. I think the Browns can get really good value out of somebody in the second or third round. I presented a, an abundance of options. Uh, Jay Sternberger from uh, from Texas A&M is a great name. If they're looking big time, the two kids out of Iowa have great profiles. Isaac Knott out of Georgia, also a great uh, potential player that you, if you're looking for the prototype to replace Fells with a younger 
uh, blocking option. He's out there as well. So Josh Oliver, San Jose State, if you're interested in what they might do at tight end, I'm interested in what they might do at tight end. Look at the OBR. If you're not subscribing there, I urge you to do so. You can find some of my content written there. Otherwise, guys, I think it's going to be a very fascinating free agency period. It's hard to predict what's going to go on in the draft until we know what the heck the plan is in free agency. Luckily, the Combine coming up next week can give us a clear picture on who are the real potential players based on uh, production portfolios and testing portfolios going into what's going to be a long march as we head into what will be late April draft. So uh, some content out there that can get you primed and ready for those important discussions at the water cooler at work about who the Browns should target. I think they got improved defensive tackle, wrote about that the week before. I think they got improved defensive end as well. Both of those preview pieces are out there should you guys choose to uh, pay attention to those. Always enjoy and appreciate anybody reading the work I put out there, obviously. So uh, we're going to jump in with a guest I think you guys will love. You are going to rem- remember his work from this year. He's going to try to give his opinion on some of these things we're talking about. Bear in mind, we don't know much about the Browns' overall plan, but it is fun to have a little bit of a discussion on what could be the future of the Browns, uh, especially in 2019, an immediate time to compete. So let's jump over to our guest. All right, guys, excited to welcome in a name that you are all very familiar with, a former NFL offensive lineman, played for the Cowboys, Colts, Eagles, all over the uh, social media world, NFL Network, Fox Sports, you can find him there. Of course, Browns fans, we know him from Baldy's breakdowns of, of uh, Baker Mayfield this year. Brian Baldinger, thanks for joining me, sir. Jake, it's my pleasure to join you. I'm happy to talk about Baker and the Browns in the future. Yeah, no, it's exciting. I thought you'd be a great voice to have on. People really love uh, a lot of the film breakdowns you did this year. I try to do so myself. I look up to what you're doing and, uh, and use it as inspiration. And I think that, yeah, people would like to, to kind of get a little bit of the fine details of what you thought of Mayfield this year. We'll start there. I mean, I think you were a pretty outspoken believer of, of Baker and um, I just kind of want to know two parts of this question. You know, what first off, what did you enjoy the most about Mayfield this year? And then going into year two, sort of what you think he has to improve upon to go into that elite tier of quarterbacks? Well, I was high on Baker through the whole process. I, I did a couple of his games in Oklahoma. I do Big 12 games for Fox, so I don't get a lot of Oklahoma games, but I had a couple of the lower tiered ones. They're all national games. But so I was around. I saw him, you know, warm up and practicing and. You know, just saw the competitive fire that he has, just the, the joy and the fun that he has playing the game. You know, it's pretty evident any pregame warm-up anybody would ever watch him in. But, you know, I was around him at the Maxwell Awards last year. He just telling me about what it was like walking on to Texas Tech and then walking on to Oklahoma and earning a scholarship. I mean, he's just, all this stuff that was written about him and said about him just isn't true. I mean, the guy loves the game, and that's why he uh, took his talents to Lubbock and to Norman and one of the against the best and challenged with the best and rose the number one pick. And I, I just thought the Browns last year, I, I mean, it's all water in the bridge, but I, I didn't understand how you could pick him number one and not challenge him, not not put him up against Tyrod. And it was no knock on Tyrod. I, I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody does. Naturally, I just thought he should have been allowed to compete for the job. So then when he did go in there in the second half against the Jets, um, and to see just the entire crowd in Cleveland that Thursday night, just go crazy for him and to see him move the team and spark the team immediately. I mean, I, I was, I was just, I wasn't saying, you know, this is what you could have been watching all along, but he, he, that's the way he plays the game. People believe in what he does. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, that, that was evident right off the bat. That's a great point. Um, 
in, in that whole discussion of who starts right away and, and not giving Baker the opportunity to compete was certainly a hot button topic. And you proved to be right on that end too. They should have given him a chance earlier and pushed him and who knows, maybe he's able to beat out Tyrod organically. That would have been something that was fascinating to, if we'd have gotten a fair fight there, but um, thoughts on just anything he needs to do going into year two to, to jump to that Rogers breeze, Brady Mahomes level. Well, I think he just, you know, he needs, you know, I mean, they've established him as the franchise player. What, John Dorsey and the staff have to do right now is, is keep surrounding him with elite players. Now he's already shown that you could pick up, you know, Bashad Perriman off the bus stop in the middle of the season, and he's going to be a viable threat with them. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I mean, I think whoever he puts out there, he's going to throw the ball. He's going to find a way to get the ball to him. I think you have to support him with elite talent. And, you know, and maybe that will take some of, it's not, I don't think he feels any pressure. But he doesn't have to be an all-star every single throw. I mean, sometimes you can just check it down to Duke or, you know, just check it down to the shallow cross to Jarvis, and you don't have to look for the big home run ball all the time. And I think he does that a little bit. I'm not saying he's guilty of it or it's a, a weakness, but sometimes you just learn to take what the defense gives you, what the situation gives you. And I think he's going to learn what these situations are all about, the clock, the game, the pace of the game when to speed it up, when to slow it down, you know, and just understanding the situations of the game. You can only really understand it. And I think he's a great student of the game. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think you can only really feel these situations by being in the situations. And, you know, even the final drive against the Ravens, I mean, in the final game of the season, I mean, there's, there's chances there to really put them in field goal range to win that game. And I'm not saying, like, you know, what throw would you like to have back or anything like that. I just think understanding the game just a little bit better by playing the game. He's only started 13 games. I think, you know, with each start, he's just going to get more and more experience. And I think you'll see little things improve, maybe just the check downs or when to go for it, when to hold it and do the, you know, the Houdini acts that he did and just getting out of the pocket and keeping his eyes down the field. I, all those things were so good to watch. Yeah, that that uh, that that – Cautious aggression will be something to pay attention to with him. That's a great point. I'll ask you, too, you touched on Rashad Perriman. Big topic amongst Brown circles, media coverage, and and certainly folks who who have these conversations on Twitter is, do the Browns need, as they look at improving their offense, in your mind, uh, Baldy, do you think they need to acquire either via early in the draft or via a trade for the likes of the, the name that keeps coming up as Odell Beckham. Do they need to do that, in your mind, to, uh, to unlock Mayfield to another level? Well, I think anytime you can upgrade the talent, you try to upgrade the talent. But, I mean, you know, the Orleans Saints are happy with Michael Thomas as the clear-cut number one. Mm-hmm. And then whoever Drew wants to throw to, I mean, any given Sunday, I mean, it's up to the quarterback. When they're that good as Drew is, it doesn't – I mean, you can sometimes screw it all up by getting too many – guys out there that all want the ball. Sometimes you just need some guys that are content being <clears throat> blue-collar workers and, and that kind of thing. Maybe Callaway is that guy, Rashad Higgins, Jarvis obviously is, you know, is a guy that you love to go to battle with. Um, but if you can upgrade the talent, you upgrade the talent. That's why Dorsey brought in Perriman. Give him a look. And he, he looked pretty good, you know, uh, in a Browns uniform, better than he ever did in a Ravens uniform. <laughs> So do you have to, I mean, I think it just depends right now on free agency how you want to allocate your money. You know, do they think Greg Robinson is the answer at left tackle? If he, if they think he's the answer at left tackle, 
then don't put your money into in the draft at left tackle or in a free agency. Put it into a pass rusher, which they obviously need, in my mind, or possibly a receiver. And so they've got money to spend, you know, whether it's corner, pass rusher, offensive tackle, wide receiver. You've got options. Obviously, picking up Kareem Hunt um, is, a, is, a, is an incredible pickup. And it's one that Dorsey's, you know, he's got to fight the, the backlash to it, but he'll get through all that. And I think Cleveland will get through it. And you might have the most talented backfield in the entire league right now. And so that's the beginning of building around Baker. Yeah, great point. Great point on Kareem Hunt and, and how they allocate that left tackle will be fascinating for them. What they do there, it's, it's going to swing the entire offseason for them. I'll ask, you know, you mentioned some free agents and possibly a pass rusher corner, something like any, any, I know it's, it's a bit hazy because you don't know where the tags are going to go, but any free agents you would have in mind that would be an ideal landing spot for Cleveland? Well, I mean, I mean, you got to look at the warm, you know, just the warm market that uh, Dorsey has with a guy like D Ford, who he drafted, you know, I mean, D Ford. Now I'm sure Kansas city is going to pony up, but they did that with Justin Houston and it didn't really work out. And so is D Ford is, are they going to franchise tag him? Do they pay up? But I mean, that'd be the first guy I would look at because he's a, he can play either side and they need a guy opposite right now. Um, you know, I think they need a guy opposite of, of Miles Garrett that can really bring the heat. And so that would be one guy that, you know, would certainly uh, get my attention right now. But, you know, I mean, you see, I was going to do that with Frank Clark, you know, um, the Darius Smith out of Baltimore, would you go a lower level and look at a guy that I think has got a big upside that could upgrade that position? Uh, is Donovan Smith a guy out of Tampa? Are they going to franchise tag him at left tackle? Is that a guy that they would bring in and, and possibly unseat uh, Greg? I mean, like I said, I don't know how they feel about Greg Robinson. He played better, obviously, in the second half of the season. So those are all things I would – all guys I would look at right now. Yeah, the defensive line is going to be in a, in a loaded class up front. You know, a lot of Browns fans are hoping Grady Jarrett finds a way to hit free agency. I, you know, I don't, I don't see any way he gets out of Atlanta. But um, how they attack that defensive line is a spot they could do so before the draft, leave a lot of wiggle room. And, uh, and yeah, D Ford's a name, especially when you talk about how they, they spent money on Justin Houston. I think Browns fans should be very interested in how that shakes out. I know, Baldy, you've done some NFL um, draft prospect study stuff. And uh, I just kind of want to think, you know, around 17 in your eyes, uh, a prospect or two that you think would be really fun as well in Cleveland uh, to go to go along with, you know, some of the younger talent they already have. Well, I mean, you, you'd probably start with guys that Baker knows, and whether it's Cody Ford or Marquise Hollywood Brown. Um, you know, at 17, I mean, do you want a five nine, hundred seventy pound flyer that can just, you know change the entire game with one play? I mean, is that a guy that you're interested in? You'd be a Deshaun Jackson type. You don't see a lot of guys that size, but uh, obviously Antonio Brown is around that size that can do those kind of things. This guy's faster. But, I mean, you have to look at, like I said, you know, um, you have to look at the offensive tackles. You know, Jonah Williams around there or Jawan Taylor or Greg Little, any of those guys. If you're looking to upgrade the offensive line, which I think they, they should consider doing, but um, – those would be some some names. I mean, whether it's Marquise or you know one of the offensive tackles and how they kind of all fall out. I'm a big fan of Yadi Kajust out of out of West Virginia. Um, I think he's the best athlete of all of them. I think he's a natural left tackle, but I mean that might be a little high for Yadi right now. So I think wide receiver and offensive tackle obviously make a lot of sense. But you know these pass rushers, 
are we got to see how they kind of fall out. They could go awfully fast, you know, whether it's Farrell or Austin Bryant or Rashawn Gary or any of them out there. Nick Bowes will be gone. Uh, I think, obviously, uh, you know, some of the other Josh Allen's going to be gone, but mm-hmm. is Montez Sweat? I mean, they're really a 4-3 team, so you're looking really at defensive end right now. So is Jalen Ferguson a guy who's a freakish athlete at a lot tech? Is that a guy that they consider at 17? I think all those all those names are in play right now. It's this early before, you know, before you uh, weeks away from the combine right now. Yeah, so much of the Browns draft is going to be dependent on free agency and how they do. And, and uh, yeah, we'll have a clear picture. A lot of conjecture right now, but it is fun to get everybody sort of Favorite prospects. I'll ask you this question before we before we go, Brian. Um, I, I'm interested in this. It seems like within a lot of uh, people who are close with the Browns organization, the Freddie Kitchens hire was a home run. Um, it, it seems like across a lot of people who cover the league as a whole, there were some people sort of questioning it. I just kind of want your opinion on on the Freddie Kitchens hire in total for the Browns, and then sort of what you think of his staff with the Wilkes hire and Monken and and uh, you know Josh Lapoid taking over D tackle. Just all a whole. Overriding, what do you think the big picture of Cleveland's uh, coaching staff hires there? Well, you know, I'm just talking to Juice um, a couple weeks ago at the Pro Bowl. Um, you know, we got to watch Freddie. I mean, you see the same guy as the head coach as he was as the offense coordinator, as the interim head coach. Is he the same guy? Is he changed? You know, a lot of guys change. They feel like they have to change. And sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes players kind of just see through it. I mean, it's interesting to see how Freddie's going to. Is he going to be the same guy? I mean, I don't know. Nobody knows until he's in that position. And, you know, he's under fire or something happens or you got to just be a head coach. You just got to react. You got to find out how he does in that situation. I think it was smart to go out and hire a guy like Stump Mitchell, guy that he knew from Arizona, you know, he's been around and run game coordinator, been in this league a long, long time. I think that's good. I think Stevie Wilkes, uh, it's unfortunate what happened in Arizona. Nobody could have won that situation. But, you know, I mean, he's a quality defensive coordinator. I think he's a great hire. I'm, I'm interested to see Todd Munkin. I mean, he's been in the NFL, um, you know, in Jacksonville and Tampa. And, and uh, he's been a head coach in, you know, the college ranks and longtime offense coordinator. Came out of the air raid system that Baker knows really well in Oklahoma State. So I'm anxious to see what Todd does in that situation. I think James Camp is a good hire mm-hmm. on the offensive line. I mean, I think all those things kind of point to Adam Henry keeping him around. A wide receiver coach, I think it's good no matter what they do with the young guys they have at that position or if they draft a guy or whatever. I think it's good to have a guy that I think, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry believes in, has known a long, long time, will give him instant credibility, uh, has given him instant credibility, not that he needed it from anybody, but I, I, I kind of like the staff right now. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that, especially I know a lot of Browns fans will be too as they respect your opinion highly. Obviously, you can follow at Baldy at uh, at Baldy NFL on Twitter. You're going to see him all over the place. Like I said, NFL Network, Spot Sports, amongst many others. His breakdown work is going to keep continuing as long as the Browns do their part. Uh, Brian, thanks for joining us, man. Really appreciate you taking some time on a Sunday for me. All right, my pleasure, Jake. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I want to thank Brian Baldinger for jumping on with us. Baldy's breakdowns are really great, guys. If you have a chance to watch those throughout the season, please watch those. Baldy does a great job. Real big supporter of the Browns and their rebuild and what they have done especially the selection of Baker Mayfield does a nice job of illustrating some of the some of the overall big picture parts of Mayfield's game in terms of his competitive fire and willingness to hang in the pocket. I think those breakdowns are really fun and can be worth your time if you're interested in some of the big picture stuff the Browns are doing. So again, thanks to Baldy for jumping on with us. Want to thank again 
you guys for joining me. Browns Film Breakdown. I know this has been a work in progress. We're going to try keep trying to get better every episode. Keep trying to bring on the good guests. I always appreciate some of you guys who jump in and give us an iTunes subscription and review. All of those good things, the five-star reviews and the nice words. Don't think those things go overlooked. Also, if you have some time, my man at Cleology. Uh, Clay did a great job on a preview video on the 2019 Browns. He's calling it The Awakening, which I think is a really cool idea. But it's, it's a great video. Great hype video. Tracks Freddie Kitchen's press conference and the losing that's happened and how, how, uh, how we can get this thing or how the Browns are going to get this thing turned around, right? Really cool video that had me ready to go for the 2019 season. So shout out to Clay. Shout out to Cleology. Did a great job on that video. I urge you guys to watch it. But... For now, that's a wrap, guys. We will be back later this week. We'll have Brendan Leister on to talk about wide receivers because I think that's an important thing going on in this offseason, what the heck they're going to do, some of the prospects that are out there. Got some more great guests lined up the week after. Thanks for joining us, guys. And as usual, go Browns.